Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and this week we watched the penultimate episode of this season of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so as per usual, spoilers for the whole Marvel Universe. We also quickly talked about the new Shang-Chi trailer, which we're very excited for. Be sure to watch that before listening to the discussion. And then we are making our Oscar predictions for this year. What a weird year it is. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion for some follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? All right, it's our penultimate episode of this season, at least, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. We still don't know whether or not we're getting another one. I will actually start by saying I enjoyed this episode. It was so poorly written, but I like that they finally went there. Okay. That's and nobody can see, but you do have very shocked expressions on. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to start out the gate like that with you, I, I know you, I, don't, I don't claim that you've been hating the show or something, but for you to be like, oh, I really enjoyed this. That's nice to hear. I loved it too, which probably doesn't shock I... anybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's shocking anyone either. I think this was the best episode so far. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a really good time. Yeah, you know, I mean. The, there was hardly any action, so of course. That's true, know. yes. Um, <laughs> and there was a cheesy neighborhood montage. Who doesn't love a cheesy, let's all pitch in and like build the barn and do whatever, you know, montage. Mm-hmm. So cheesy. I lo- and yet I, I was here for it. You got to have it, yeah. And I mean, speaking of action, though, I got to tell you, I thought that that opening fight sequence with John Walker, like, I was emotional during it. I thought it was so good. The way, like, just the, everything about, it, about it. See, I loved it. And I was like, I love that we picked up right there. And I love that when you're when watching the action sequence and they're fighting John Walker and you kind of get that idea, which we assumed probably, but that he's already rewriting the narrative, trying to pretend that this yeah. guy he killed was the one who actually killed Lamar, you know, when really it was Carly, but oh, he's yes, trying yeah. to already rewrite the narrative and he's already getting all that ready. He has such a claim over this Captain America shield and is so resentful, or, you know, the mantle rather, and is so resentful of the guys for standing in his way so much, which I understand that part of it, you know, from him. But mm-hmm. that he's just, he's like, okay, this is like fight or flight type of situation, like the fight for his life. And I loved, he was actually kind of kicking both their asses until there's this like silent agreement between them that they all of a sudden had to really work together to fight this guy. And then they did it and kicked his ass. And I thought it was great. Yeah. I do want to do a clarifying point from last week's episode. I didn't interpret it as going into that fight that he had taken the serum yet. I thought he was like storing it to take it. And so sending his friend in actually didn't matter because they both were mortal essentially at that point. But I could be wrong, but I, that my interpretation is he has not taken it. I assume he has been pushed to the edge and will be taking it. Oh no, he took it. Cause he, we see him in that last fight scene on the staircase. He bends the, he bends the, um, Does he throws he? the okay. shield into the wall and then bends the pipe and they look at him like, Oh my God. So he's a super soldier now in this episode. No, last episode going into when he sent Lamar up and Lamar got taken. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, this, that's just a me I mean, at least that's my interpretation. I, could, I guess I could be wrong, well, too. I think, you're, he, I think you're right, but I guess I just didn't remember seeing him do it. That doesn't mean he didn't. It just, it, I just was surprised, I guess, that it had acted that quickly or, like, taken effect that quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's, like, I guess, like, with this serum, we don't really know. I mean, we haven't seen anyone. It would have been nice to see him take it, but I guess they probably wanted the surprise that he did. But mm. it would be nice to see how it actually affects somebody as they take it, you know, but we haven't really gotten that chance. Well, I, I feel like they're kind of setting it up as like a, a roid rage thing that he's going through right now, right? Where he's just like, you know, in the, the tribunal-esque military thing where he's just like freaking out and getting angry. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a side effect or this is just his, yeah. you know, male rage, etc. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And regardless of whatever that is, I thought he was so good in that scene. Like Wyatt Russell's killing it in this role. <laughs> I thought that scene was great. 
Born to play a privileged white man. Yeah, <laughs> what there, a surprise. There you go. I mean, there you go. You know, shocking. Yeah. But you know, he play what you know. Yeah, and he he does it well. It's convincing, and I've enjoyed the way his arc has really played out. I do not enjoy my biggest criticism of the whole thing. Probably is the fact that you know we talked about the sadness of LeBron dying last week, and I don't really necessarily like that he just ended up this character Battlestar, who's a character in the comics too, as we know, just ended up being an accessory to John Walker's plot. Mm-hmm. rather than his own kind of character and self. And it's kind of like, okay, we're going to have another a show that's about, you know, a black man taking up the most important superhero mantle in America in the world we're watching. And in that same show, we're also going to reduce a black man's superhero's role to just an accessory to another white, white guy's plot. And that is kind of like a little tone deaf to me, but I do understand the gravity of his best friend being killed like that and what's going on here. But it's just it's a little rubbish. I think, I think the emotional trade-offs... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say worth it, but I'm not sure. Because I agree. I, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, so we're just going to kill the black guy. Cool. You know, because there can only be one interesting or layered black person in a TV show at a time. Yes. I mean, we we already did get... Don, Don Cheadle, War Machine. He, Don Cheadle. Ro- War Machine, showed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rody was there. So we've we've surpassed our quota. Oh, this we've had the Dora Milaje. I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. That's true. We definitely yeah. have seen too, nope, many too many black folks. We have to dial it back. So we yeah. really did have to get rid of a few. Yeah. Okay. So now I kind of understand. Yeah. We, we, we I mean, have to, you know, jokes quota. aside, I did, I am enjoying his arc quite a bit. Yeah. And I think that this is the sort of villain I, I want them to keep sort of going with and sort of building them from narratives that we understand. Because I think that the shades of gray villains are way, way more interesting to watch and compete against, you know, um, and fight against. I think that like it makes for, a very layered and interesting story. And so anyway, I'm, I'm here for the story. I think it's yeah. going interesting places. I'm, I don't understand how they're going to wrap it up in one episode. So I guess I'm on team season two. Yeah. But also, you know, enjoying the ride. I very much feel like we are headed towards the season two, which is, it actually kind of makes sense given the characters we have, you know, I feel like we could get a season two and then set up Thunderbolts. And I did, I did notice in terms of side characters of color who did reappear, Joaquin Torres is back. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I, I was sort of wrong last episode. I guess he did come back, but it didn't it didn't have like a deep, meaningful return. Basically just to be like, hey, you, you can keep the wings. And of course, now he's going to make his own suit. So he'll be the new Falcon, right. I'm imagining. But yeah, I mean, it was a cute little like, oh, yay, but not a huge <laughs> role to be playing. But I, I could see a season two. I honestly could see them not doing a season two and just using this to set up multiple other projects that are maybe just unannounced yet and kind of not talked about. I think, you know, we haven't mentioned Miss Valentina stepping in the scene here. Oh, I know. God. I was about to say I, mean, I was I was literally looking up the name because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to forget. All oh, yeah. Now. No, and Valentina. And, and, you know, Julia. I mean, come on. It was just like. What and the, the hair heck? and everything. I was everything. like dying i so, was just so happy. so happy that was not spoiled like that came out of yeah. nowhere and i was so happy about it well and what's really wild and so i usually i try to avoid all the articles about stuff and this one especially i watched it in the morning so i usually sometimes i'll stay up at midnight you know but, but i watched it and so i was like oh god can't look at anything and i try to avoid but i did see an article about her and black widow did you see this that apparently i don't know if it's like fully 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 oh somebody not. told I, me this later yeah, yeah that she her her plan her debut was actually supposed to be in the Black Widow film. And so I think that her appearance here would have made more sense in a different context even. Because this was so just like, hey, I'm here, call, but I'm gonna answer me when I call, blah, 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 whatever. But like you either had to really know who she was or you probably looked it up, right? Or you just thought, right. oh, she's just someone, right? 
So I'm guessing that she has some involvement in the Black Widow film that matters more that would have made this like a cheer moment. They still cheered because it was Julia. But I mean, it wasn't, of course. You know what I mean? But like, well, and I right, just so love, I mean, I love that she knows everything, you know. With her but it's the streak, first kind of you know. potential fallout of pushes. I actually haven't read much with um, Madame Hydra in it, so I don't know her character all that well, but I was still excited. For me, Valentina is not like Madame Hydra for me. I know she did a little stint where she was like, took over the mantle really quick. But I wonder if they'll go there with that here. You know what I mean? Or if they'll kind of keep her. For me, I mean, it's kind of one of those things like you read enough of this kind of anything involving S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, and you will meet her at some point. And what I kind of thought was interesting was, you know, there's a history of her with Nick Fury and a romance and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that they'll necessarily have to go there here, but. If she is an agent, whether it's S.H.I.E.L.D. or it's S.W.O.R.D. or whatever we're at here in the new Marvel Universe, I kind of wonder if she might actually be a scroll. And let me tell you, the only reason I'm really thinking this is because I actually, like last year, was rereading Secret Invasion stuff just because I wanted to. And she's the agent, like Nick Fury is getting spied on by an agent that's actually her. He kills her, and then she's a, and it turns out she's a scroll, and that's what reveals Secret Invasion to them, is her death. And I thought it'd be really interesting. We don't know if she's in Widow. And between Widow and now, we don't know what she, has she been blipped? Has she been around this whole time? We don't know what's going on with her, right? So it'd be interesting to learn more about her. But I have a feeling they're going to be using her a lot. Because you're casting Julia. Like, come on, Yeah, I mean, as someone who had no idea who the character was and still has no idea what the importance of her, I was just excited to yeah. see Julia. It was the- My <laughs> first reaction was, Madam President! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh. But the meeting of the worlds, they really did, yeah. But, um, but it, as far as intros without any context go, I thought it was such a great setup scene. Mm-hmm. I was I was so here for it. I was like, I just the way she sits between the couple and like addresses the wife but doesn't address the wife. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. This is, I, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, no, she, I'm on board. She played the smooth talker thing so well because it was like totally blowing off the wife and then giving the wife the kindest compliment you could ever give somebody so that it's like, okay, that I'm being an asshole to you. And then she walks off the scene, just kind of like deal with that. And yep. it just was, so it was just wonderful. And then I, you know, later on, of course we get the credit scene. The first credit scene of the season was with, you know, John Walker making his shield. And I, I assume this will kind of be his uh, becoming of the U S agent, if you will. I don't know. I know he's still really mm. holding on to that cat mantle, but yeah. Was know. his shield? I'm like, I assume his shield is not made out of the same material. No. It's just like a shield. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, is this stuff? Yeah, we tried to murder Vision. This is like a Rivendell moment, like forging this. Like it was, he was in there just kind of like using metal, forging his shield, and putting that that badge on it. You know, it's like a kindergarten (laughs) version of it. You know, yeah, like the popsicle stick version, like a middle school. Middle school shop class sort of version. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was well done. I would, give, I would have given the project an A because yeah. it was, but it, yeah, right, I was just, yeah, that's not. Yeah. I mean, I've, tried, I've yeah. done some cosplay and let me tell you, mine don't ever turn out quite like that. So I that, that was pretty good. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we are back. I have to say also, you know, obviously you talked about how the episode kind of went there with the stuff we've wanted and wanting it to go fully in on. Uh, yeah, very inelegantly but they went there but i don't know i gotta tell you i thought that that scene with isaiah bradley that was i i thought that was one of my like favorite scenes that has been on a marvel tv show so far i was so into it i rebound that like three times or watched it and i and it wasn't because i didn't know what he said you know but i just like had to like re i just thought it was so well acted and i loved it and i just it was so poignant in my mind so i don't know like with what's just so accurate that's just even the, the lines of like you know, they, they are raced by history, but they've been doing that to us for 500 years and all that kind of stuff. I just thought it was so uh, nicely put in a way that was like, 
this is what we're trying to say. Maybe we're being a little preachy about it, but we're going to say it and you're going to hear it. And that's it. And I, like well, it. I actually really, and I do appreciate too, because this show was written before George yeah. Floyd, right? What? I think it, well, yeah, because it was, it was definitely, it was, an, it it was definitely announced at D23. Right? Yeah. Because I thought the film. And so maybe they made changes. I think it did. I think you're right. So maybe, so maybe like I mean, there were changes and things changes, added. But, but I'm trying to look up who wrote it. Because that's my top question. Oh, I did look that up. It's it, it's all by the same. Like it's it's interesting. This one they're directed and written by like the same people the whole time, which I love. And then my follow up question to that is, what ethnicity are they? Oh, they're black. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I listened to an. I don't remember the name, but I listened to the podcast with an interview with them. So the writer's black, but the director, the series director, is a white woman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I thought that you were I talking know. about the yeah. writer the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, just because I felt like the the episode was, I feel like it was written with like a white friendly lens where they were like, we're going to be very overt and blunt about everything from the Bucky Maya culpa of, oh, Steve and I didn't even think about, you know, what it would mean to hand the shield to a black man to the, the just the whole bit at the end of like, oh, yeah, you have to, you want to take the shield because I can't even remember what they said. Well, yeah, he was like, you know, there's no way they'll ever let a black man be Captain America, but even if they did, no self-respecting black man would take it. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like you're doing it for somebody else's sake and not your own. Like, that's what The Shield is about, not your personal response. It just, it just felt very, very on the nose. But I'm glad that they at least did it and weren't skirting around it like they have the rest of the season. Yeah. No, I mean, I could see it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's done in an accessible way. But I guess I also do feel that when it comes to this kind of stuff and just in general, like, it's not that I think we need to cater and say, oh, and I, I think that's part of a reason why they do it, of course. So I'm not saying that's not what's happening, but that we know we should cater to these audiences, make sure no one feels alienated in that way. We want our white audience to stay around. I'm sure that's a huge thing on their minds. But mm-hmm. when it also comes to kind of like doing this stuff, I do think it is not necessarily always a bad thing to be approaching it in a very... Uh, accessible way to everyone in this way that it's like how like how can we kind of dumb this down enough for you to understand it in content in, in terms that make sense to you without you getting all of a sudden defensive and all this not to get too political about it with black lives matter stuff and things like that but i see a lot of when we talk about progress and everything that we get so like this needs to happen now because it does it needed to happen a long time ago and then people get defensive you know what i mean right. so i kind of get the idea of approaching it very excessively if that makes sense Okay, so the other question I have for us is, do we think if Steve Rogers had not been in the ice after whatever, that they would have experimented on him? Or they they only experimented on, they only experimented on Isaiah because he was around, or is it because he was black? It's because he was black, in my opinion. Oh, it's because he was black. All of his troops, all the people that weren't working and the ones that he was saving were all black people from the sounds of it. Right. It was like, they're not going to waste white people on this, you know? No, they're going to make sure that anything they do to Steve Rogers, assuming that they wanted to like up anything or whatever, they would test it on black people. But not test it on. Let's say they just couldn't figure out how to like replicate it. And Steve was the only other person. You don't think they'd be like, we need this sample from this other person. Oh, I think they would have taken the sample from Steve, but I just mean that when they're, when they're testing this new, the serum, that's like, because you know, when Steve became Steve or became Cap and like the way it kind of, I mean, it was not such a let's just drink the serum and then like like this seems to be so it seems like with this serum that they've created here that is so much more kind of you can sell this in the black market and just kind of (laughs) be super that they've been trying to create i think that they you know even if they had steve alive they would have taken the sample and tried to replicate it but any testing i think truly would have been done on black people yeah i don't think no sorry i don't mean the testing i think like 
I could see it because because we've shown that it took them a very very long time to get a working sample of it that they could be replicated that you know yeah. it's however many years later now and if Steve had been around and was the only other other person who had you know a viable application of it I could imagine a world even if he's white because he's such a valuable asset that they would have been like yeah you know, not torturing him, but they no, would have been like, no. "You now live, live in this lab, and your blood is ours." Yeah, no, I think they would have. Uh, I w- they would have been able to avoid this process overall because he didn't. He wasn't around any longer, and they were trying to recreate something they didn't know how to recreate. Is why they had to test it. But yeah, I think if he had been around, it would have been a lot easier and way cheaper, and they would have just said, "Hey, we need a sample. We need your DNA." <laughs> I guess I always assumed that like the biology, Steve's biology, was what made him. It was sure. just such a, like a lightning. In a, it wouldn't have worked on everybody. Right. Uh, that was right. clearly it doesn't work on everybody. But that might be an incorrect assumption. On yeah. Part. Well, it's interesting. I think that there's a lot of conversations to have about it because it's just, you know, we, we haven't really gotten that that deep of a dive into it until now. So I hadn't had to think about it that much in, in the movies in any way, you know, <laughs> with how it works. Yeah. And it's, it's a little more it's cut like... and dry feeling in the comics from what I've read anyway. <laughs> this is a little more. Okay. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it, it's it's super interesting. But I also think, again, I'm I'm kind of, I'm intrigued, but also kind of confused slash annoyed by the the dangling carrot of of Sharon Carter. And, you know, here we see she is in league with at least hiring Batroc. And so she's hiring him back. She also makes the comment to him on the phone that, like, he would be rotting in that prison if it weren't for her. So she clearly got him out after the events in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And she mentions this time it'll be worth your while, blah, blah, whatever. So then it made me think, okay, she hired him for that first thing in the first episode as well. So she's at least working with this terrorist organization, LAF or whatever they called themselves, LAF, in the first episode that was trying to kidnap that pilot, right? And so I'm like, okay, is she bad? I mean, I know she's bad. She's not being good right now, but it's just this thing where it feels a little too like, oh, they're telling us she's bad. So there's obviously a lot more to it here. And they still haven't even, they didn't even mention the power broker, I don't think, this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where are we going? You know? And that's kind of, it's intriguing, I mean, but, I- <laughs> you know? Again, I don't, I don't think we can wrap it up in one minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I still think, again, I don't, I don't think if we're going to meet a power broker and it's not Sharon or even Valentina for that matter or whatever, if we're going to meet a power broker at this point and it's someone we're meeting, it has to be somebody we know. Because you can't just introduce some brand new person in the last episode that way unless it's like, which I know you know, we were all talking and it was kind of like, oh, Mephisto, this and that, WandaVision. I still feel that show felt different in a way that like that show was so out there and crazy that you could have done a lot of different things. Doesn't mean it would have been effective or great if they did it that way. But, you know, whereas this is like, if you're going to show us someone for the first time who hasn't been sitting there under our noses or we've never met in this universe at all, it feels like a little bit, a little weak. I mean, that being said, the way that they introduced Valentina, and I, this is coming from you, who had no idea who she is in the greater scheme. I was like, that's a great introduction. If yep. you did it that way, I'd be like, I'm on board. I don't care who the power. Yeah, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, well, then if it could be done, you know, it's like. I, like sold. And here's the thing. You're talking, I mean, this is all coming from someone who's, is like, I've loved the show major this this time. So I'm not thinking that, like, the, the last episode is going to disappoint me and there's no way they'll be able to wrap things up in a way that I'll love. But it just feels a little like, uh, like that part feels risky to me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So yeah. For sure. I think there will be a season two. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't know. I I would welcome it, and I hope there is, but I I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I feel like these shows are trying to feed just directly into whatever they're doing with their new movie stuff, and I, I don't know. I feel like there are there are projects. Whether a season two is one of these, I feel like there are projects we're about to start hearing about because of it. Uh, yes, I agree, but I feel like they're going to be Disney Plus shows. I think this is going to be the same oh, sure. thing that happened with Mandalorian 
and that we got suddenly announcement and they were like, by the way, here's like 20 shows that spin off of this, but I think we need a couple more to get through to that point. And also because we've mapped out the MCU for the next however many years, and I doubt they're going to cram more movies into that timeline. And so what you can do is you can supplement it with shows. Totally, yeah. No, I, I agree with that, but I almost feel like I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I'm so shocked there's a season two announced, but I am almost yeah, more prone to think even from however we see this last episode ending, spawning shows that are spinoffs directly related to this more than like a season two of it, kind of like Ahsoka instead of a Mandalorian season two, even though we're in over. Yeah, but we got a Mandalorian season two in order to get to Ahsoka. So no, we totally, there. Yeah. totally did, but Mandalorian was also like a solo kind of like little, not solo Han Solo, but I was saying like, a, like its own little kind of like, here's a new yeah. story, whereas this is so integrated in this universe that they've created that, you know, it's, it, it's going to be the real question of whether the shows are going to be absolutely necessary for you to have understanding of what's going on in the movie universe as well. And that's, that's going to be a major question answered here, I think. I agreed. And speaking of the movie universe, yeah. can we talk about the Shang-Chi trailer for a minute? Just because. Can we please? So excited. So excited. It looks so good. I honestly. I was just going to say, this is such like a gut silly reaction. But anytime I see San Francisco on film, I like do the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing me. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that they were like on Muni was just like so- so 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 perfect it was kind of one of those things where it's like is this how new yorkers feel all the time like do they feel this representative regularly but then also misrepresented because it's never ever the correct right yeah like geography yeah no i I mean mean, yeah ant-man was also ant-man was also san francisco which was super fun and so it was kind of like a fun little and they also had bus humor and things like that. So I thought this was yes, kind of fun. They also completely defied the rules of the geography of San Francisco. Yes, 100%. And so, yeah, they'll do the same here. But, uh, yeah, I loved that little as a, as a local Bay Area kid, you know, growing up. I, I love that. But, man, I, I got to tell you, there was this weird feeling of, like, I feel it was, like, 30 seconds into the trailer where it was feeling of, like, kind of an overwhelming emotion just about, like, oh, thank, <laughs> thank God this looks really good. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Oh, trust me. Yeah. Like, I, I totally believe as, as a privileged white male over here, I'm sure there were millions of people all over the world who were more relieved even than I was, you know. But it just was a feeling there of billions. Like, there are bil- there are billions of billions us. Billions. <laughs> yeah. Well, who, but ones, everyone who cares about Marvel Universe anyway, but like, billions of them like that are just like, oh, I'm so happy about that. Because I just, it was like, oh, thank God. Because it could have, you never know with any of these movies. And some of them do look terrible. Oh, we can still go very wrong. Like, let's be honest. No, it can. But but this, I was like, you know what? This this is the kind of trailer you watch that I was like, this movie will make money. And that's what got me. Whereas if it was like, if it looked like a tragedy, it was still going to make money because it's Marvel. But I was like, do not let this movie be the first Marvel movie to flop. There were, you know, yeah. the studios always look. I mean, listen, I am glad we've arrived here, but let, we can't ignore the fact that it took us over 20 films to get here. So it's a thing where it's like for it to be one that like, oh, OK, see, yeah, it doesn't work. You need a white lead. You need this and that. It's a female led hero movies as well. All these things that just feel it's so much the, the stakes feel higher. Right. And so I was so glad seeing it. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same. It's the same as Black Panther. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's 100% the same sort of burden of representation. Yeah. So how do we it feel? Looks- about we're getting the mandarin like we knew you know a like, real one this time though except for like he's i mean is he shang chi's father he said he calls him son and i'm like but is that in like kind of kind of a protege son way or is he like shang chi's father in this and that is interesting to me if he is <laughs> i didn't think I about it don't honestly know. yeah 
I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, think I know enough about, I think he's the emperor's son usually, but it, it doesn't matter it's so much as that. I honestly just, don't really care. I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm here for it. Well, I'm see, the interesting it. thing is because like the Mandarin leading the 10 rings, which, you know, we've seen the, we've seen snippets and all the stuff of the 10 rings in Iron Man films already. So it's like this organization of yes. the 10 rings. The first two Iron Man films are loaded with ten rings. I mean, they were the ones who kidnapped Tony Stark in Afghanistan at the beginning of Iron Man. They've been oh no, that that around. I remember, and yeah. I'm trying to forget. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about Iron Man three, that tragedy, but I mean the first couple anyway. I'm curious to see how they'll connect in that way because I can't imagine they're going to do a total retcon and pretend that was a totally different organization. And so I'm wondering now with seeing the Mandarin and all this, and this is about the Legend of the Ten Rings and stuff. I'm excited and curious to see how it'll kind of go back and connect to the very beginning of the MCU. Hopefully, interestingly. Anyway. I just don't want to have to go back and watch the beginning few. No. Movie. I'm not going back. I can't think, go back. I don't I think do you'll it. have to. I don't have the I mean, I, I just don't... don't think anyone, no one needs. If they're smart at all. They won't, they won't Iron Man make 3 it necessary. Ever again. Well, Iron Man 3, luckily they're not in. So that's why I'm like, okay, they, that we don't, have to, <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. But Iron Man 1 and 2, it's like they're, you know, but it doesn't matter. You could read about it, I'm sure. Or, I'm sure it won't matter to understand what they're doing and what this film is. I just, I think I'll, I'm looking forward to the idea of some callbacks, you know, like and kind of like connecting it to the larger MCU in that way right off the bat. Because, you know, the Mandarin is like, I could be totally off base for saying this, but I haven't read a, a ton, except for like Matt Fraction stuff, like a ton of Iron Man solo things. But I, it's my understanding the Mandarin is like his arch nemesis. Full I, oh, yeah. I mean, you know? so actually. So it's interesting. I can answer this one. I remember when the first or second Iron Man film, I think it was the first Iron Man film came out. I was like, I'm going to go and read the original Iron Man comics. And I acquired. <laughs> a bunch of that i was like oh these are very racist like very very <laughs> racist so racist and from the start and the mandarin is there and i was just like i don't like this i don't like this at all and that's what i was like nope peace out so the mandarin has been established like very early like from the from the almost the beginning run of iron man as yeah the, the ultimate villain for him and so yeah like I, spider-man has his green goblin and batman has his joker yeah. like that you know and i always mandarin is tony stark's Yes, I think they phased him out eventually because they realized we can't do this. Yeah, we need to stop. But but yeah, I I'm very excited. I'm very apprehensive still. This is crazy rotations yeah. all over again for me. But hopefully, yeah. hopefully enjoyable. I had a huge nerd moment out. that that bus fight scene looked so fun as we talked about the media. I had a little nerd moment like you see Razor Fist that villain. So he's got like the, the knives, his arms or whatever, and they're fighting, and he is just he pops up everywhere in comics so it was like so fun. i was like oh my god that's razor fist i just i did i guess i haven't looked enough into like i didn't know everyone who was going to be in this necessarily so it got me just really juiced <laughs> i don't i'm in yeah i guess like i don't know the characters who are in it but i knew yeah. all the act not all that but i was like oh my god so many asian actors yeah. so of course all the asian actors well, my favorite and i'll say to everyone i am not obviously an expert on shang chi comics as a whole i know him very anecdotally he's all over the universe marvel universe you know when you're reading these comics but i read gail simone's run of him oh. and it's I believe it's the one with he's dating Domino, who is a very popular mm. one character in the, mm -hmm, in the universe. Mm -hmm. And that deals with Razor Fist and, and uh, Midnight Sun. And Midnight, you know, this, this other guy with the mask, I assume, is who he's fighting in this trailer. So it feels very kind of after that line almost. And I doubt they'll throw her in there. But, you know, with Deadpool being inducted into, I guess, MCU, technically, I was like, we have a Domino That's already. And it's interesting if they'll ever go there with her. I mean, Zazie Beats is great. So I would love her, yeah be upsetting i did not love that second deadpool film but zazzy was a high point for me in it so deadpool to be is not my character i just i find him obnoxious but yeah i, think the movies I mean are fine. 
I loved, I love, love, love the first Deadpool. I think the second one had a lot to live up to and just, it was, it was, I think it was going to be an impossible, even for fans of the film thing to top. Yeah. But man, I mean, if starting with Black Widow, if it's as good as I hope it is and kind of ending the summer with this, like it. Sounds amazing. I could be, I could be a pretty happy kid this summer. <laughs> this, this could be the first film to get me back to go to a screening. Yeah. It, and Which honestly, September, so. well, listen, and it should be, you know, if, if there yeah. was one that yeah. was going to do it, I mean, that's, you know, let's get, let's do it. I, I just, yeah, I have hopes. Excited. All right. And then speaking of things that are completely opposite of Marvel, which shouldn't be, they shouldn't be mutual exclusive. Comic book sh- movies should be allowed to be honored, but the Oscars are this week. I'm exhausted. I don't, I, award season has felt 10 million years long this year, but also not at all. It's been very, you know, a very bizarre experience. I mean, that's also kind of the, the description of 2020, right? Where it's just like, right, exactly. When is this going to end? But also, like, where did it go? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did it happen? Very much. And then I feel like one of the few highlights of 2020 as a whole, for me at least, was Parasite winning Best Oscar. And then it was just all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to argue because, I mean, the last social event I had was an Oscars party last year. Hardly a real party, yeah. but, you know, like a gathering anyway, like I usually do to watch them. So A soiree. <laughs> a soiree, if you will. Yeah. Which will not be happening this year. Yeah. The- it really, it really, I mean, if you've never been, it's, it's very similar to the variety party. Yes, yeah, as exclusive, if not more exclusive, actually. The attendance is very, very restricted. Yeah, and if you're asking if I have a red carpet and a photo backdrop, the answer is yes. By variety, I mean Vanity Fair, but it's okay. Whatever. Variety has a party, too, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an odd year. I feel like it was interesting to see the Oscars did differ a little bit from the other mega award shows. I feel like they actually kept more in line with where kind of like the critics circles voted, like actor in a leading role, uh, Riz Ahmed is nominated, Chadwick Boseman is nominated, he's going to win. It's just, let's just be honest, like he's going to win. Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yoon, yay, for Minari. I kind of touched on this when talking about, I think, Globes and other stuff before, but I'm more invested in the actor category this year than I often am. A lot of times I'm very much more into the actress category. And even though I agree with you, I think Chadwick will probably take it because that is the way these things mostly go. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't be super pissed if any of the others won. I'd love to see Stephen Yeun take it. Oh, I would be so angry if Gary Oldman won for Mank. Well, I was going to say I don't want Mank to necessarily win things. I did think he was good. Do I think he needs to be nominated? No, but I wouldn't. I, yeah, I wouldn't be super thrilled about it. I guess. But any of the other ones, I would be like really happy for them, and even including Anthony Hopkins because we talked briefly about the father, but he ripped me apart in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and spat me back Absolutely, out. yeah. Mostly very deserved, I would say, as far as these noms go. Yeah, I mean, they're all good performances. I agree, though. I hope Gary, I hope it's not Gary Ullman. I don't think we have, I don't think he's got, got a chance. I think it's Chadwick or nothing, but. Yeah, we'll I see. I think Riz and Steven, I act as if I know them on a first name basis, but I, I'm going to pretend, I'm going to keep it up. They could kind of split the minority vote for the other stuff. And so, yeah, I, I think they both gave excellent performances and I, yeah. but it's just, it's not, it's Chadwick. Yeah. And then for supporting, it's Sasha Baron Cohen for Chicago 7, not Borat, much to Jackie's chagrin. So, so upset at Borat not getting nominated there. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy for Sound of Metal and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. I could see this being they split the vote again. No, it could. I mean, I was going to say, how about let's replace Gary Oldman with Sasha for Borat. Yeah, really. You know, like, and then, that, and then yeah. you've got a really, really solid lineup there. Yes, uh, yeah. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I thought Sasha's performance though in in the Trial of Chicago Seven, which obviously was not a great film, was pretty amazing though. I think he did. It, he was very good, but I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. But yeah. then also, I don't know what else this year was. That's the thing is, really Oscar worthy. He didn't. I mean, out of all everyone, I mean, I'm sure everyone was perfectly good in that movie. I just, yeah, I guess I didn't love it that much. But I didn't. None of them stood out like, oh, give them an Oscar. But like, I'm not mad about it, you know. And yeah. I don't know who I would have put there. <laughs> I guess. I guess if I thought about yeah. it real hard, but I haven't. So. I was happy to see Paul Racy nominated because mm-hmm. I thought Sound of Metal was really good and he got kind of shut out of a lot of the televised awards. Yeah. So at least this I, might be an it's an honor to be nominated scenario. It might be. And I'm I'm a big like Heath Stanfield fan and I'm always excited when he gets this recognition and stuff, but I'm kind of waiting for him to fully become, I guess, more. I think he is a household name at this point, but it's just kind of like. I, I think he's so good in pretty much everything he ever does that like, but I don't think he's fully getting his recognition all the time. And I would like that. So I'd be really happy for him. I don't mean this in a shady way, but I don't think he's a household name yet. I think he's someone who people I, yeah. vaguely recognize. They go like, oh, I've seen him in something I, I, before, yeah. but he deserves to be a household name. Yeah, yeah, no, that's and that's why I go back and forth. I was like, I don't know if he is or not, but I, I want him to be. I think he absolutely should be because he's, I can't think of anything I've seen him in where I've thought, I've, I've seen him things that I've thought, well, that wasn't very good. But he always <laughs> to me is very good. And that starts all the way back with Short Term 12, which was, I think was the first time I ever saw him personally. And I love that movie. But he's, oh, wow. he's just a great actor. So more of I, I agree. Um, <laughs> actress in a leading role is an interesting one for me. So it's Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, Andre Day for United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Jackie, you finally saw Promising Young Woman. I did. finally saw it. Do you think Carrie Mulligan can challenge Francis or do we think this is going to a minority? Like, where do we think this one? This one, I actually have less of a read on than I normally. I, I would have thought it was Francis, but I'm thrown because Andra. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the Andra means. And I, I don't know. I feel like this isn't a year you give it to a white woman, but I guess, I guess I'm not sure. Just because if, if I was picking the movie that I enjoyed the most out of those five films, it's Promising Young Woman, without a doubt. And you don't really have Promising Young Woman without Carrie Mulligan's performance in it. Right. Also, I just, I did not particularly like the other films. I, Nomadland is fine. Yeah. It's not mine. I, I enjoyed Nomadland. And I, I think that the performances in it were all great, but I don't know that. I mean, it is very Oscar baity And I don't know that Frances McDormand was really doing anything that we don't see Frances McDormand do all the time. I think she's great at doing that. Yeah, thing, I, and I also see her poop in a bucket all the time. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, she's I, wonderful, but she's, you know. But, you know. Yeah, I, no, it was, she was not having And obviously, the like, performance, elements. like, makes the film, but it's only because, I mean, it's, that's the only it's thing. It's the type of, yeah, She's the whole film, film so. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, oh, we should discount that, but I, but it just kind of feels, like, expected, I guess, in a little bit. Not that this has yeah. to be about surprises, you know. Yeah. I also, no. I'll say. I didn't love Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as a movie very much, but I, I Viola Davis, I always think is great, and I thought she was really good in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, but also I, I think Vanessa Kirby was really good in Pieces of Woman. Do I necessarily think that she's going to win it or should? Not necessarily, but I, I don't like the idea of counting around because I do, I do think she was really good in it personally. But I agree that she was very good in it, but I think if you're going to give it to one of the white women, it's Carrie or Francis. Yeah, well, and it's kind of Pieces of a Woman kind of it, it kind of goes back to the oh my god was it marriage story or whatever where it's like this movie is so just as much her movie as it is shia's movie to where it almost feels like they're both supporting mm-hmm. yeah. and neither are leading you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of a confusing thing for me i'm a carrie mulligan stan 
I think Jackie, you share in that as well, but you know, ever since her conception, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, she's, we're big, 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 never let me go people. And like, she, I just think she's one of the most quietly talented forces in the actress pool out there that kind of just is very picky about what she's doing and just does the things that she feels really inspired by, does them, totally kills it and then goes home. And I would love see, to see her get a win. That makes me worry about her taste choices sometimes. Because then, like, again, I think Promising Young Woman won my favorite films last year. And then I watched The Dig on Netflix and I was like, yeah, yeah that's true. This is <laughs> a paycheck. Fine. Which we all got, you know, y'all got to learn to live. Did anyone watch her? I just watched her SNL like last night because mm-hmm. I was catching up on them. And mm-hmm. I was like, this feels, this is not your forte. Yeah, except for I thought the Star Trek one was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's not, she's not a funny. She's more, I mean. No, you know, she's... and that's okay. We we all can't be everything. Also, the Mar- I, I love Mumford and Sons. We've been over this, but like the beginning bit with her husband, yeah, I was just like, this feels weirdly. Why are you sharing your time with him? Yeah, like, like you don't. Yeah, this is your moment. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, for them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like, yeah. I, I'd be thrilled if she took if she took the win home. I this is one of those ones where again, Andrew kind of threw me with the quotes. I think she was great in that movie, but I I just overall. I would probably give it to Carrie as performance-wise, but if any of the others took it, I was I won't rage. I'll be like, oh, okay, you know. I think my my bet is on Francis. That doesn't mean I think she should win it, but right. my bet's on Francis. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. And then actress in a supporting role, Maria Bakalova for Borat, subsequent movie film. Well, I think we know the answer who should win. <laughs> Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman for The Father. Amanda Seyfried for Mank. And Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. And Nash, if she if she doesn't treasure. win, if Yu Jun Yeon doesn't win, I will riot. <laughs> that is my that's my one. Nope, there's just it's it's a non negotiable for me. I mean, she you know I'm a I'm a grandma's boy, but she really really stole that entire film for me. So I mean, you know, a movie that's not, not even, even stole. A, she made that film. That film yeah. does not. Yeah, I just mean like you know I thought the actress that played you know her daughter slash the mom of the son. I thought she was brilliant too. I thought everyone in it was so good. The kid was actually really good, and usually they aren't. You know, I thought that there were so many Alan good. Kim, National yeah, Treasure. Yeah, yeah. I thought there were so many performances in that film, but like this character slash this performance, I was like, this is all there is. And yeah. she, I, I agree that she needs to take this. Yeah. Olivia May. And on that note, did you also see that? I know. But did you see that I... Olivia Coleman got cast in Secret Invasion? So maybe maybe Marvel films did will start she... becoming uh, nominated for Globes and Emmys. Wait, did know. she really? Yeah, it was announced today. Oh, my God. I don't know if doing is. what, but I mean, maybe now she'll it's bring us into the awards zone. If you don't yeah. do a Marvel film, are you an actor? Yeah. Uh, do you true. do you even work? Do you, know? you Wait, scrolling? Do you exist? Are you yeah. okay? Chadwick Boseman has been in them. Anthony Hopkins. I'm looking at the acting roles. Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins has been mm-hmm. in a Marvel film. Stephen Yoon, not yet. Gary Oldman hasn't, right? No, I doubt he would. Okay. Well, maybe he would. He's done a lot of crap, so I don't know why he'd be above Marvel. I mean, yeah, he's been uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya has been mm-hmm. in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Glenn Close is is Nova Prime. Oh my God, Glenn Close is yes, he's yeah. my Nova Prime. He's very happy about yeah. that role. Yeah, you know, this could be the new thing. Yeah, it it okay. I think it is. I mean, there's the suddenly second, left mutually exclusive. The second Kate Blanchett took a role in Marvel Universe. I thought I I was just like, and then honestly, even Sigourney Weaver, which you know I know she's done more kind of sci-fi fantasy things too, but. Being in the show Defenders and stuff, I was just kind of like, okay, so we really are just like you. Your goal in life now is to just do a Marvel film because you know they probably show up and just have a lot of fun. And I'm it's sure. like, well, you know, I bet it's so that. much. You know fun. that back end paycheck has got to be. Oh, it's got to be. Bucks. It's got to be setting them up for the rest of their lives. But at the same time, it ha- I imagine it's probably fun when you come 
off of like like Cape Blanchett coming off of doing things like Blue Jasmine. I know I know problematic Woody Allen, but things like that that are just so I'm sure taxing on you as an actor. And then just to do yeah. something like Hela, like and just I don't know. Cape awesome. Blanchett also did Where'd You Go Bernadette or yeah. she did Lord I of the love Rings. Like Lord Where'd of the Rings you go was not Bernadette. I know no one liked that movie. I just mean that she always brings an A game in my opinion. And I, and I mean, not that she didn't do that for Hella, but Hella just had to, to me be so much more kind of like fun and like what the hell ever than these other roles where it's kind of like, she's like going for Oscars, you know? And I like, mean, I guess like if I was, I don't know, an actor, it might be fun to be like flying and yeah. fighting against green screens and like doing yeah. that like movie I would, stuff. I, I have to think it would be, so that'd be just yeah. like a fun little, and like Glenn Close probably signed that and she's like, so you're killing me though, right? I'm going to die in this? So yeah. that I can, I'm going to do one. You're getting one Contractually, yeah. I need you to kill me. Actually, you will kill me by the end of this. <laughs> no, yeah. get residual. No, no backsies. Yeah. No backsies. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I'm also. I'm not put back Annette. together with Annette Benning, Captain Marvel, Annette Benning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another Oscar front runner, always. I mean, yeah, thank you. I, I'm sure there are. I, well, mean, I mean, Angelina Jolie is going to be in, in the DC yeah, movies, like, but still. Oh, true. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you open that whole bucket, there's, yeah, tons of. There too, you know, and it's like, all right. Oh, wait, isn't Gary Oldman? In he was in Dark Gordon? Dark Knight, yeah. As they, yeah, Nolan that's still so, the DC so movie. He's totally that done. Yeah, so he's totally yeah. done it. Okay, all right. There you go. Well, actually, speaking of future Marvel directors or Marvel directors whose films haven't come out yet mm-hmm. in the directing category, it's Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Yeah. I don't feel like two of these people belong in this category and they're the first two yeah i would agree with that yeah I, you know we did we talked on the on the podcast here about nomadland before this of course and mm-hmm. that film it's one of those things where that film is we talked about you know francis here but the directing and the accomplishment i guess of like doing what she set out to do with it is more impressive than the actual film if you ask yes. me so yeah. i would not I would agree. be mad so, at all with chloe taking it right so if chloe takes it even though I, I liked the film well enough, but I probably will never watch it ever again, mm-hmm. was quite the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, she not only was directing Oscar caliber actors, but she was directing just average everyday people and got similar level performances out of them. And I think that's it's it's a true talent. I was happy to see Emerald Fennel nominated for Promising a Woman here as well. I Part of me feels like it was like, a, oh, I guess we'll have two women for the first time ever. Yeah. Why not? I guess this is the year to do it. And obviously, Minari is one of my favorite films of last year, and very happy to see that honor. But the other two, I'm like, did I, am I the only one who saw another round? Yeah, I definitely haven't. I thought I had until now. We're talking about it. I'm like, maybe I hadn't because I agree with you. It's I was with, like, yeah, he shouldn't be there. But I'm like, wait, it's Mads Mikkelsen. It's Denmark's entry into international feature. It's okay. No, I didn't then. Okay, I was thinking it was something else. It's about a bunch of dudes who just drink themselves silly. They're like, we're going to do an experiment and we're just going to see like what the right level of walking around our lives drunk is. And I was just like, this is just such a privileged man film. And mm. seeing the people who are like, this is the greatest film I've seen, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm, you are reinforcing. Interesting. I think it's a good film. It's just not great. And I'm like, it's indulgent. And yeah. it's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm sure they had a lot of fun making it. But yeah, what's interesting what's the point is. Of this? I just looked him up, the director, because I when, when you when we talked about this right at first, I thought I, I was thinking of a totally different movie, and I don't even know what it was now. But this director, Thomas Vinderberg, you know, he did Far from the Maddening Crowd with with which Guillermo oh, was in. Oh, I actually in. really like that film. And I really yeah. liked it. Oh, and, Vinderberg, that's yeah. how you say his name. Yeah, yeah Vinderberg, and he did uh, The Hunt, which I loved, with also with Mads in it. 
that I thought was incredible. So I'm interested now. I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds like a total like weird fluff, like like pointless movie. But this director is like really good in other things. So I'm curious. Fluff though, that's the thing. It's yeah. it's just it felt pointless. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now I feel really intrigued because of that review, and now knowing the director, I want to like watch this. I'm very curious. <laughs> I didn't dislike another round, but it got so overhyped for me. Everyone's like, "This is the greatest film. This deserves blah blah." blah. I was like, and Mads Mikkelsen, I think, is great in everything that yeah. he does. Also Marvel, but <laughs> also what is he? Doctor Strange. Is he? Yeah, he's the big bad. Sure. Well, Dormammu's he also just got bad. announced in. Oh, indie. He's joining indie. Mm-hmm. Get that paycheck. Yeah, get that paycheck. It's very, it's lovely. But I just, I felt like the film got really overblown and I don't know how it ended up getting a directing nomination. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, if you were going to do it, then you should have given Mads Mikkelsen actually the, um, mm-hmm. acting, mm-hmm. an acting one. It's always bizarre to me when they end up in the director category with nothing else in any of the big categories because directing is so entrenched in the performances and like. It's nominated for international feature, but that's. Yeah, but I mean. Directing to me is so entrenched in the performances that like if you if those aren't nominated, it feels strange. Agreed. And then I think the last thing we're going to talk about this year, because like there are tons of categories, but you can have up to 10 Best Picture nominees. Mm -hmm. This year we only have eight. And they are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm assuming it's Nomadland, but... It, really? Yeah, People I mean, really like that movie that much? I feel like it's just innocuous enough that given the way Academy voting works, it can win because of like stack ranking and all that stuff. You know, it'll accrue enough second tier votes to push through. This is a hard one because, you know, I agree. I do agree also that I think Minari is one of the stronger films I saw last year. But I think the Academy will be kind of like, oh. You know, we gave the Asians we, awards last year. We gave the Asians a fo- yeah, we you gave know. the Asians last year. I feel like that won't necessarily be it. I, I feel like Mank is here for, just for optics. Then I don't know. Kinda, I mean, I get worried every time I see Mank pop up. Because these old in this, people, because we told you, like we talked about, they were the ones who like lived through this, and they were <laughs> and they were like, oh this, yeah, it's 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 for them. This Mank is for them. Yeah. So I could they could totally do that. That would be the most the biggest like message for them to send ever would be to give Mank this award. But uh, not a good message, but <laughs> if they really wanted to send one. But I could see them going and being like, not saying it wasn't a, good, a great film in its ways, but if nothing else besides the current culture, I could see them giving this to Judas. I was just going to say that could, I could see that. As like, the, like, look at us. We love the black people. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know, we totally support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I actually Black could lives see do that. matter. We um, swear. Mm-hmm. Well, and Ryan Coogler's in there, which everyone loved. Black Panther, it was never going to be an Oscar winner. I think sometimes that helps you, you know? Yeah, but I, yes. I would say it's Chloe or Nomadland will win. I think it would be Chloe. And then I think that, that she does win. I think this might go to someone else. I do think it's interesting that Ryan Coogler declined to be inducted into the Academy. And I wonder if I some of the old timers would be affronted by that. True, 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 true. To be uh, kind of like, oh, we're not going to award this guy who doesn't want to be part of us. I mean, yeah. We were so gracious to extend the offer. Right, which you know, it's not. That's that's the I think the biggest challenge with any of these awards is that they're it's not actually so much of it is the politicking and the advertising and the marketing and all this stuff. And this year also was just chaos. It was utter chaos. So yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Um, who's host? Is anyone hosting? Because this is going to be in person, right? I was reading that there's not going to be think any it's Zoom in person. Yeah, the upcoming Oscars will not have a single host. Hmm. Well, you know, they did that before when they had to get rid of. 
ultimately decide they had to get rid of Kevin Hart, right? They didn't, didn't they just go hostless that year, or was that a different year? And yeah, and it actually worked well. I thought it was totally fine. Yeah, it worked fine. You know, I mean, as well as the show ever really works, it worked totally fine. So they're like, <laughs> we don't have to pay this host, and they're like, honestly, people are bored, and they're gonna watch if they're gonna watch. We don't have to pay for this marketing. We have a talent. Uh, yeah, people were gonna watch anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's people need things to do. So totally. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I am usually really excited for the Oscars. I'm not that excited this year. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just, like, I, like we discussed, I'm usually planning a whole thing and I'm so into it. And this, I always have ballots and a little game. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously going to be there watching it. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an all-dayer with the Oscars and the Globes. I like to watch all the arrivals and the stupid interviews. I just love it all. I eat it up. But this is going to be different. It'll be probably exciting on the day of, but I keep on forgetting it's the weekend to be honest oh i mean i will like drunkenly <laughs> rage tweet it 100 sure. but that's that's it's i'm not happy yeah. about it normally but, i'm ha- excited yeah. to drunkenly rage tweet usually it. i'm i'm counting down the days you know yeah and i'm not i literally thought it was last weekend i woke up and i was like oh no i have to do my oscar co- oh wait no i have another week we're fine <laughs> we're fine nobody worry yeah we're all good well, we shall see if our Oscar predictions, and more importantly, at this point, I, I, I'm more, this is a sad statement where I'm more excited to see how Falcon and Winter Soldier ends than I am for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of true, though. But <laughs> Yep. Yeah. We shall see. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, as per usual, the Jackie and Matt, and now a couple of follow-up points. In terms of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and when they started writing and when they started filming – They started filming in the fall of 2019, which means it had to be written beforehand. So this is all happening before the, I would say, sort of catalytic moments for the wider public, at least, about Black Lives Matter. But they did shut down in March of 2020 due to COVID. So it is possible that they went back and did some rewrites and just adjusted some of the scenes and had a chance to do pickups. Not 100% sure, but the majority of it seems to have been written before summer of 2020. And then as for the Olivia Coleman casting news, potential casting news, I should say, because it is actually still a rumor in regards to her joining Secret Invasion. It's still a rumor. However, after we recorded, it sounded like another rumor floated that Amelia Clark of Game of Thrones would be joining Secret Invasion. That one seems like it has a little more substance to it. And not to say, honestly, that the Olivia Coleman one doesn't, but the sources who were breaking the Amelia Clark news were like Variety and the ones for Olivia Coleman were a little more speculative, I would say, in general. But we shall see, as we were saying, it's not really a shameful thing anymore for these sort of capital A actors to be in Marvel films. And actually, speaking of Marvel films nominated for Oscars, Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture, so it's possible to get recognized on that sort of wider, broad stage. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.